You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Steven. And I'm Brett. And we are the Broadway Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making a living in the arts. Well, sort of. And pursuing a growing (laughs) family. And on the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast network you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. Visit us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands and now on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we are so proud to be members of the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure you check out BPN and all the beautiful array of Broadway-themed podcasts they have. And right now, to help people who are in the arts who are currently out of work because of COVID, we are selling T-shirts on broadwaylifeapparel.com if you want to help make a difference with the actors fund and bring back broadway check out our designs by going to broadwaylifeapparel.com well steven want to tell us who our guests are today yes i'm so excited this is oh do you hear that okay we are not in new york city we're not in new york city we're in the suburbs and there is a lawnmower going i hope it's not that loud okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so welcome to episode 19 of the Broadway Husbands podcast, and I'm so excited for today's guests. Today's guests are Kyle Froman and Andrew Kurtzman, and Kyle is was is a beautiful ballet dancer who danced with me at New York City Ballet, and I grew up with him at the School of American Ballet, and his husband is Andrew Kurtzman, who is a political analyst and an author, and I will let you guys introduce yourselves and give us a little bit more info on who exactly you are. But the reason why I wanted you on this show and was so excited to have you is because, um, you know, as a gay man, uh, I didn't have like an example of, I'm going to say love and like love in the form of marriage in the way that like I was, I grew up seeing my parents love each other and have a successful marriage. And so I was excited to have you guys on because you guys are the example to me in the real world in my life is like, oh, two men can get married and have a fulfilling, loving life together through marriage. So that's why I wanted to bring you on here today and to like just talk about that. And also to say hi. And also to say hi. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. So if you could one one at a time introduce yourselves and give us a little bit more info than what I just gave. (laughs) Sure. This is um, this is Andrew Kurtzman. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Um, Who am I? You know, the Andrew and Kyle story is kind of a, you know, a meeting of two cultures. Kyle um, is from Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm from Grand Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I, I grew up in New York. Um, I spent just a few years out of out of town. I went to college in um, uh, Philadelphia, and I spent two years as a reporter in the Houston Post. But I spent um, the vast majority of my life in New York. And um I like it here and I don't really haven't really found that I belong in any, any place else. Um, and I'm a, a lifelong journalist. Um, I spend many years um, both uh, working for newspapers and then for television. I work for uh, New York One and Channel Two when I do 
whole bunch of kind of critical analysis uh, for various cable channels. And I wrote a couple of books, um, um, one on Rudy Giuliani and one on Bernie Madoff. Um, but mostly uh, I, I, my focus is usually politics and media. Kyle? Uh, my name is Kyle Froman, and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, like Andrew said. Texas, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an identical twin. And uh, my brother, Kurt, and I um, moved up to New York City uh, when we were 18 years old after winning uh, jointly the, the first endowment of the Rudolf Nureyev Scholarship. Uh, and it paid for us both to attend the School of American Ballet full time. And uh, about six months later, we got uh, our apprenticeships for New York City Ballet. And about a year after that, we got our, our contracts. Um, the two of us danced in New York City Ballet together until Kurt left to dance on Broadway. And I continued and discovered my new passion in photography. So uh, I guess about 11 years ago, I retired from the stage and uh, have been a full-time dance and theater photographer since then. Nice. And um, Kyle's work is beautiful. And I just want to say... When Steven and I first started dating, oh my God. He, he, he's so mad at me right now. You took this amazing photo of him that looked kind of, kind of like the statue of David. <laughs> 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 and I used to have that photo on my phone because we first started dating and I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and <laughs> I need you to send that to me because I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. So now Andrew just said that we'll look for it if you want to. <laughs> Good, please. So when did you guys first meet or see each other, or how did you guys first um, come across each other in New York? Um, well, actually, the first time I remember seeing Andrew was on TV. It's when he was still on uh, New York One. And I remember noticing his face. I was uh, in one of the lounges at in the School of American Ballet dorms, and I was flipping channels one night, and I could not care less about politics. But for some reason, I, I remembered staying on New York One and just kind of noticing his face and seeing this guy wearing glasses, and uh, something about him just made me pause on the channel for a little bit. And so I knew, I knew the name, Andrew Kurtzman. Um, in the year 2000, I was with um, uh, my brother, Kurt, and his boyfriend at the time. Uh, and we went to this random party down in Union Square. Uh, and um, I remember it was in this really strange space. It was in this, it looked like a uh, like an elementary school library. Like the, the bookshelves were really low and the, the the ceiling was low and I was like, what is this place? It was just a strange place to have a party. And, um, it was this writer was celebrating his, uh, his birthday. 50th birthday. Right. And so I was always, you know, stuck in, in the theater in Lincoln center and really just desperate for any sort of like excuse to meet new people. And, uh, but this party was just, it was kind of pathetic and like it was, <laughs> it was kind of strange. And uh, I had been there for like a 
maybe an hour and was out in the hallway smoking a cigarette. It's kind of uh, <laughs> evocative of the times. It was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this guy started talking to me and he, he was like, oh, you look like a dancer. Are you a dancer? And it just came across as such like a line and it was so <laughs> off putting because I didn't want to talk about ballet. I didn't want to talk about anything like that. And I was yeah. like, yes, I'm a dancer. And, and nice. I was, yeah, nice. yeah, I was, I, I wasn't like, I was just coming across as a total jerk, I'm sure. But I was like, what do you do? And he was like, Oh, I'm on TV. I'm on New York one. And I was like, I watch New York one. What's your name? And he said, Andrew Kurtzman. And uh, I knew that he had just written this book on Rudy Giuliani. So it, um, I was like, oh, I know you. I didn't recognize you. You're much taller than I, than I thought you were. And, but I, I knew he had written this book. And he, uh, you want to take over the, the story? Yeah, well, I'm glad we did this uh, podcast because it's taken 19 years to learn that he thought I was a jerk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity to learn that. Um, I never was like the world's best single person. <laughs> just didn't really have my lines like down. I was just overly sensitive too, probably. <laughs> but uh... well, I mean, I was with a gang of um, of friends. I think we just kind of came from dinner, and one of us had this um, invitation to this party, and so he invited seven of his friends, of course, and. Um, we went up the elevator, and I immediately kind of discovered um, Kyle and his twin brother, Kurt. And, the, I mean, I, I was, like, instantly intrigued. I mean, they were I mean, both incredibly handsome and very, very comfortable with their bodies, but also very uncomfortable in this social setting, as though they had kind of been, I don't know, like, you know, released from this bubble at the at Lincoln Center for like one night. And, <laughs> and, um, and they were, there really was something that the, the struck me about um, kind of his posture and his, he was kind of statuesque and like very, very like meticulously, um, uh, uh, his hair was meticulous and skin was perfect. And I, I, I'm sure I said like, wow, are you, <laughs> um and um you know we talked for a long time um and i was like oh he's cute and um the circumstances were strange in that i had just broken up um with my um my ex after 10 years and in kind of a uh, defiant um effort to declare my freedom i decided to throw this massive party um with some friends and i gave them a party invitation and the name of the party was the Forbidden Fruit Party. Um, <laughs> it was just we were looking for, a, you know, a title that sounded mysterious and kind of sexy. And anyway, I gave it to him. We said goodbye. And then uh, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't show up. My brother, uh, <laughs> my brother was like, don't go to that. And I said, why? And he was like, it's I think it's an orgy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title fruit party and, yeah the uh, title mm-hmm. yeah really it's a, do you think it's an orgy and uh it was a great party but it wasn't that good yeah it wasn't <laughs> so um i guess about a year later it was um it was soon after the the 9-11 attacks and i i i think i was just 
probably taking stock of my life and, and, you know, thinking about all the mistakes I had made in my life or things <laughs> that I, 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 I hadn't pursued. And, and I remember thinking of Andrew and, and just thinking like, Oh, I should have gone to that party. I, I'll never meet that guy again. He seemed nice. And, um, a uh, couple, uh, probably about a week and a half later, we had just opened the Nutcracker in Lincoln Center, and um, I went out for drinks uh, with, again, Kurt, my brother, and my friend Jason Fowler, and Jason ended up taking us to this random bar downtown, um, and of course, it was dead, and and we were about what, to- what bar was it? I think what was it Joy or something? Yeah, or? It was one of the. It was like this gay dance club that existed for five minutes, and I think it was yeah. I think it was called Joy. It was in Chelsea, okay. kind of a dark, kind of indescript place. Okay. Um, and he's right; like the place was totally deserted, and <laughs> totally deserted. Yeah. And by then, I think we had gone to like a few other clubs. Knowing Jason Fowler, we had gone like and had like a lot of drinks and uh, <laughs> we ended up at this bar. And of course, like I, right before we left, I kind of looked through the doors and in walks Andrew again. And I basically just jumped on him. I was like, remember me? I'm Kyle. <laughs> One of the twins, like a dancer. And, uh, and um, so he, he did remember me and, and he was like, Oh, you know, do you want to dance? And I, I looked at the dance floor. It was completely deserted. And I, and I said, um, I suddenly felt all this pressure. Like, you have to be a good dancer. You said you were a dancer. You have to be a really good dancer. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, let me go to the bathroom first. And so I ran down to the bathroom and basically just splashed some water on my face and looked at myself in the mirror and said, get it together. Like, you have to like, <laughs> you have to be the best dancer you've ever been. And, um, sober up, Kyle. And um, yeah. so anyway, I met him on the, the dance floor and I think we probably danced about for two minutes and then I uh, I stuck my tongue down his throat and the rest is <laughs> <of> history. <laughs> I, mean, I awesome. love that. I love he it. I mean, he clearly just didn't have a lot of experience kind of on, on the circuit, you know, and um, just like everything about him was kind of just so incredibly like n- not jaded. And, mm. you know, part of it was like how he like, behaved on the dance floor. Like, we're like, all right, we'll go dance. And we, you know, just started a dance with him. And within 30 seconds, he threw his arms around my waist <laughs> and brought me like completely like <clears throat> chest. And he started kissing me. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, great. I mean, he was also a great kisser and, um, it just, it was just like incredibly, incredibly kind of, um, romantic and it was kind of out of a book where like out of nowhere comes this like gorgeous guy and he like, mm. you know, grabs me, takes me to a dance floor and starts kissing me. It was, um, I definitely felt the same. It was like a second chance. It was mm. like, I, I really didn't think I'd ever see him again and just, mm-hmm. you know, just snatched days after. it up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nineteen years ago, right? Almost nineteen wow. years ago. So I have a, a, a question for you, Andrew. That I think, because for me, that whole ballet world, it must have been such a learning curve, right, to understand sure. the ballet world, but also the twin world, right? Right. Because <laughs> I have a twin brother, 
and Steven comes from the back. It's just interesting. You you entered like it was like a double whammy with the somebody who went to SAB and has a twin brother. <laughs> right, right. No, it's true. As a matter of fact, I have twin brothers. Um, so I'm uh, I grew up with my two elder brothers were twins, and mm. uh, so there was something that was very comfortable about about that. And love that. Um, but it, it it was definitely an interesting. It was a wonderful experience. Kind of plunging into the New York City ballet world. I mean, I had, I mean, I had, I don't know. I'd been to the ballet once or twice, <laughs> um, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, I'm going to the ballet once a, you know, once a week. And yeah. you know, I'm uh, suddenly he's got this whole world of you know friends and colleagues, and I mean, there's all like all, all like really sweet and very nice, and mm-hmm. you guys, you know, Stephen and Kyle know it in a very different way than you know than I do, but. Sure. I mean, I find, you know, I found dancers incredibly, you know, polite and, you know, friendly and, you know, just very, very open. And, you know, I think it's because, you know, you guys get beaten up every day. You spend, you know, every day in front of a mirror just judging yourself and you mm-hmm. have all these kind of, um, you know, dictatorial ballet masters and mistresses telling, you know, correcting you all day. And it must really take kind of a beating on your ego. But, but I mean, there was very, there were very few people who struck me as kind of jerks. I mean, everyone yeah. was, could not have been more friendly than me. It was great. I, I, I wonder, I, I, can you, do you remember the first time you saw him actually dance on the New York State theater stage? Oh, it was Nutcracker. It was Nutcracker. Yeah. Nutcracker? No, yeah, it was <laughs> I went and I took my sister um, to, uh, um, to Lincoln Center to see the Nutcracker and she was an answer when she was younger. So I needed her to explain to me what was happening. And um, he was uh, he was playing soldier. And there is um, there's a moment where you know soldier like a very dramatic you know moment in the uh, music comes to this kind of crescendo. He jumps out of a box and he <laughs> does this um, what is it? Like he does this uh, he does a, like a split. Right. <laughs> I love listening to Andrew talk about ballet. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep going. Like, what, what did he do? It's a, it's like sort of a very mechanical variation that's probably under a minute long, but it's, it's, it's very jam packed as far as like changes in direction, and so it's, and I never felt comfortable in it. I always felt too tall to do it. So knowing that he was in the audience. Um, I, I just wanted to be good and not fall. Well, all I yeah, kept thinking. That's always it, the goal. I mean, all I kept thinking was, oh my God, he's, I hope he doesn't fall. I hope, I mean, I just see what he was doing was so like incredibly precarious, but he was, I mean, he's a beautiful dancer. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like a breathtaking, beautiful dancer. I was, you know, incredibly uh, impressed and proud of him. Hmm. And my last question, because Stephen, I know, has questions, but I really want to know, having grown up on the Lower East Side, was there like, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm just curious for me, like I grew up in Texas and it's like a whole nother country. So was there like learning how to <laughs> deal with Texans? Was that part <laughs> of your family um, it's dynamic? Been, it's been a part of my journey, learning how to deal with Texas. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so we have that in common. Um, yeah. His, his, his family members are just like him. I mean, they're all like very big hearted. They wear their, like their hearts in their sleeves. They say 
everything that's on their mind. There's, they're like, they're not manipulative. They're just like very open people. Um, but, uh, you know, your Texas is very, very far away culturally from, um, from New York city. And there's, you know, it's kind of made the relationship what it is. I mean, it's, you know, like this New York Jew and this like Texas shiksa. <laughs> and, um, it, I mean, it, it, this really worked. I mean, the families, um, the families got along. I mean, we haven't talked about the wedding, but the wedding really brought the two families together. And, um, it's been, a, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. We go okay. there every Christmas and we eat a lot of Mexican food and barbecue and it's, it's, yep, right. it's sweet. So I guess moving on, talking about the wedding, I guess being before you, before you guys dated each other was being married a goal or something that you guys thought individually, like you saw yourselves being married one day, was that something in your head or was that something that happened after you met each other? Like, Oh my God, I want to marry you. Like what, what was that journey like for you? Was that an idea before, or was that something that came from your love? Um, it's, I can say it, it just seemed a very natural development mm-hmm. of our relationship. It wasn't, um, you know, I had never really even had a boyfriend before Andrew. And so I was just like thankful that it was going strong and, and we, I felt like the bond was growing. And, you know, after a few years I moved in with him and, um, it just seemed like a natural progression of that. It, um, I, it was scary at the same time, you know, it was, people were having to move to Massachusetts or get civil unions or you just didn't really, it wasn't an easy thing to do. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I mean, today, you know, the, the prospect of getting married to, you know, your gay partner is just granted but back there the, back then there barely was any gay marriage you wouldn't get into a relationship hoping to get married it was just the massachusetts massachusetts had legalized it hawaii had legalized it and that that was it i mean we got married in canada and so you know the the very uh the idea kind of just grew as the movement for marriage started taking off but um the supreme court had not ruled and right um, Governor Cuomo had uh, had not legalized it in New York State. It was it was still a, a very very kind of early moment in marriage. And um, but I really wanted to marry him. And I remember um, I was a reporter at the time for WCBS TV, and mm-hmm. I remember um, deciding, okay, I'm going to tell my news director about this. And you know, CBS News is like very very conservative um, institution. I wasn't really sure how they were going to react to this. I remember knocking on the door of my news director's office and saying, listen, I have something personal I wanted to say. And she's like, okay. And I said, I want to marry Kyle. And she burst out laughing. She's like, what are you asking my permission? Go marry him. (laughs) And, you know, it turned, you know, she and all the the executives at the station ended up coming uh, to the wedding. And it was really, it was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. It was a very, very happy moment. It's 15 years ago. Wow. So I guess for those people who might be listening that kind of just know gay marriage as a a legal thing that you can do, what was, so you mentioned you got married in Canada and then what in New York state or New York city did you do? Did you become civil, civil unionized or what did, what, what, what was the step there? 
Well, Andrew loves to tell people he's very proud that we've been married three different times. Oh, okay. <laughs> we went to, uh, um, I met him, I had just come off of a, um, a New York City Valley tour to Kennedy Center. So I was in Washington, D.C., and Andrew was in New York, and we each flew to Toronto and met each other in Toronto. And I, we had never, I had never been to Toronto. I don't know if Andrew had, no. but we, we were only there for a day and went to a magistrate's like it a, office. It was a judge's chamber. I just, you know, made a bunch of phone calls. Uh, we, right. you know, it was legal in Canada. You know, some people in New York were kind of um, going to Massachusetts to get married, but they had to lie and say that they were Massachusetts residents at the time. And I was like, I'm not going to make my marriage based on a lie. So, you know, we got on a plane and flew to Canada. And that, that was just two of us in a judge's chamber. But five days later, um, we had a black tie wedding at our, um, at our loft and invited 200 people and had a rabbi um, mar- marry us. And that was quite a night. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had uh, Lilius White, the, the Broadway singer, um, oh, we know who Lilius White is. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. So yeah, we watch the video every year now. <laughs> Wait, what did she sing? She sang this Aretha Franklin song called Oh Me, Oh My, I'm a Fool for You, Baby. Um, but we had it very choreographed that um, everyone was facing us on one side of the apartment. And the end of the, the ceremony was, you know, we stepped on the glass and everyone cheered and we we're clapping as we kissed and right then the music started and she descended a staircase behind everybody. So they had to turn and look and she was standing on the, the top of the staircase, just singing this amazing song. And uh, so it was, it felt like a performance. Brilliant. Mm, so beautiful. You guys do throw a good party. Yeah. We <laughs> do. I will say but, <laughs> they, you threw a Halloween party. We went to it's the last time I think I've, seen you guys unfortunately but you threw this halloween party and we walked in and there was um uh, somebody levitating over the bed and there was (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was (laughs) epic yeah it was epic um i just want to say out loud you know thank you for following your hearts and like being who you are because like seeing you guys get married definitely like implanted the idea in my head that oh that's like oh that can be a thing and i think that that's so um just powerful and i just want to say thank you for that um i'd love to hear it i love to hear it too and i was yeah i didn't think it was gonna be you know it just felt very natural to me and i was the whole couple of years the beginning of the relationship i just didn't I was afraid of messing it up somehow. I was afraid mm-hmm. I had never had a boyfriend before. So, you know, when we get married, when we got married, I was just, you know, crossing my fingers that it was, it was real and that it wouldn't change anything. And it's, if anything, it's just made us that much more in love. Mm. Yeah. Well, so what is, so we're curious since you guys are in, um, in quarantine, quarantine together, what is, <laughs> this leads us to our next, our next question. What is one thing you've maybe learned about each other since being in isolation that you didn't know before? I guess that, um, that you, the ideas you have about your partner, you can always be surprised by them. Like, uh, you know, we, we each have our roles in life and 
you know, there's nothing like being quarantined together to make you have to adjust to, you know, just your living space. And uh, mm-hmm. so I always thought, oh, I could never cook with Andrew in the kitchen. Like, you know, the, the two of us together, like in a kitchen, like we'll, we'll just drive each other crazy. But it's been amazing over the weeks. Like we, we developed this like ability to cook together and we, we like naturally feel each other and move around each other as someone's like doing dishes and the other person's pulling something out of the oven. Like it's just all these things that I thought I I knew and that were just so concrete or, you know, you never right, like specifically your that. job or his job or role yeah. that you typically yeah. do. Or, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or things that'll never work or, um, right. you know, I mean, Kyle's, Kyle's a famous introvert. I mean, he's really, he's happiest when he's at home. You know, he loves the apartment. He's, you know, he's a photographer and he, he, you know, he goes on photo shoots and then he hunkers down at his, you know, Apple computer and he, um, and he photoshops and he's really kind of very um, comfortable. He's like a cat. He likes to kind of, you know, burrow into a small space and work. And I'm kind of an opposite personality where I'm um, an extrovert. And uh, I think that was a surprise that we didn't kill each other. And, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely an adjustment for the first two weeks of, um, of this uh, crisis in which, you know, you, you got an extrovert and introvert, like locked in an apartment for 24 hours and, you know, you know, mayhem, you know, results. <laughs> um, it took, a, I think it took a couple of weeks before we kind of hit our boot here and, and now it feels kind of like very routine. I think mean, people are, people ultimately are very adaptable. I think. So have you written an addendum to your Rudy Giuliani book yet? I'm, I'm writing a second, a second Rudy Giuliani <laughs> book. Oh yes. Great. When, when, um, uh, when Giuliani became part of uh, Trump world and then he, became um, Trump's lawyer during the Mueller investigation and, you know, became front page news again. Simon Schuster asked me to write a second book about Giuliani. And so I am. Um, That's so cool. I, you know, I joke that Rudy Giuliani is my muse. <laughs> He's, you know, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Giuliani is a very complex uh, figure who started off as kind of a hero and you know, now, whatever, 50 years right. later is something a lot less than a hero. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but for a journalist, you know, watching someone transition from, from one thing to another, I mean, that makes for a really fascinating um, figure um, yeah. for a journalist to, to study and to write about. Andrew loves writing books about complex characters. And the fact that he was with Rudy Giuliani on 9-11 you know, and ran away from the second tower falling. Like that's, I I think it's hard to make an impression. Yeah. It's it's hard to wrap your head around how something can change like that. Yeah. That's an, that's impactful for sure. What are you doing with your photography right now, Kyle, since performances are happening? Uh, Yeah. It's a strange time for me right now because if dancers can't dance, I can't photograph them dancing, but I'm selling prints I'm, uh, you know, working on my website and uh, just doing what else I can do to to feel creative. Working on a writing project right now and 
Um, I mean, Kyle, just you know, just because I'm Kyle's unofficial publicist. Yes, let's <laughs> yes, hear it. Let's hear it. My <laughs> there's a there's a quick story about Kyle becoming a photographer, and that I um, I once um, got a $500 gift certificate from Amazon. And I wanted to buy a new grill for our house in Fire Island. And instead, Kyle wanted a camera. And so he started shooting. I mean, he can tell you this better than I can. But he started shooting pictures in class. And, um, you know, a year later, um, he, he becomes a published author. And he, um, he produces a book about the New York City Ballet. And um, since then, he's been uh, featured in, um, in Vogue, in Elle, and Vanity Fair. He's had shows, uh, Jacob Pillow. Um, he's like he's become a very, very celebrated dance photographer. I'm very proud of him. I love having where can, my cheerleader where, right next to me. <laughs> where can people where can people purchase your prints or see your work? Uh, they can purchase my prints uh, by emailing me or getting in touch with me through Instagram or my website, which and is. which is KyleFromanPhotography.com and. On Instagram, it's Kyle Froman Photo, and uh, buy my book through Amazon. It's called In the Wings, Behind the Scenes at the New York City Ballet. We will put a link for all of that in the show notes for people who are interested, and also for Andrew's books as well. <laughs> cool. Um, so we want to segue into a segment that we do every episode that we call Spotlight on Love. <laughs> And what we do is we have someone either write in or uh, send us a DM on Instagram asking for some sort of relationship advice. Did you guys even know we were going to do this? Um, Steven mentioned something about... Okay, again, I mentioned it, yeah. yeah. I don't want to blindside you. I don't want to blindside you. <laughs> it's, nothing, it's nothing terrible. Um, we're going to give relationship or dating advice. So people write in seeking advice. If you want to write in, uh, anyone who's listening right now, Make sure you check out Broadway Husbands, send us a DM or shoot us an email at broadwayhusbands.com. But today we got a really interesting, it's a it's a little longer than it's we usually long. get, um, question. And we're going to leave this person anonymous just in case his boyfriend is listening. So uh, this is what uh, our Instagram follower had to say. He says, I love seeing so much of my boyfriend and this isn't a huge issue, but I worry it's getting less special. I still love the way the relationship is working, but knowing how to keep the spark of how great it is to be together is something I'm working on. We've been together for six months officially, but known each other for a year. I was furloughed until just today. He's been working from home, so I had lots of free time to hang out. He lives just nine minutes from me, so I stay over each weekend. It's so great that I get to see him so much. We have lots of time to wait her watch things i guess to watch Maybe, things together yeah. play video games make dinner and it feels so routine now i guess i worry that we'll see so much of each other will grow bored question mark how do i stop worrying about that do i need to change my view of it maybe question mark or do something spontaneous every so often to mix things up what do you guys think i mean the question of how to keep a relationship fresh and spontaneous is it's, and it's one of the toughest questions about relationships. It's, it's one of the hardest things to do. And um, I don't, there's, there's no easy or glib answer to that. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's, if it's a, it's a good relationship, you know, you, you do discover things about your, your husband, or your partner, or your boyfriend, 
you know, even even years years later. Um, but it's but it's you know we're we have our there are periods where things get kind of boring and um, it it has kind of an ebb and a flow. And I, I don't I I don't know what advice to give to give someone except to you know focus a little on what's missing and try to and try to kind of focus on it and and work on it. I think you should also try and be curious about the other person, even if you feel like you, you know everything about them, because they're always changing, just like you're always changing. I'm, I'm definitely not the same person I was when we first started dating, and he's not either, um, you know, not to mention our, our careers are completely different. So I guess a part of it was I look forward to the familiarity, and I think Andrew did too. I think we we, we like spending time with each other. We like the routine. Um, you know, we also look for moments to be spontaneous, but I, I think you have to genuinely want to be the, that person's friend. <laughs> like, I think we're really right. good friends yeah. and, um, it, it definitely helps if you, if you want to spend the time with that person. Right. Right. But I, you know, also, I mean, being together with your partner 24 hours a day in isolation is not natural and right. there's nothing natural about it. And it, it, this kind of thing wasn't meant to be No. So, I mean, the fact that, um, our, you know, our reader or questioner is having, you know, questions about that is it makes sense. I mean, people aren't supposed to be on top of each other 24 hours a day. Um, but, uh, you know, you do learn a lot about each other from an like that and you kind of learn you know the hard way whether you guys are really compatible you know if mm -hmm. you can survive that i mean we we kind of like we're talking about that a, a week or so ago um because we were talking about the first time we actually went on vacation together uh we had been dating for about six months and went to puerto rico for a week and at the end of it andrew said wow like you know we spent a week together and we're not sick of each other and I just, I couldn't help but think about that when we're spending like 24 hours a day together for, I don't even, are we on month two yet? Like, yeah, this is like the seventh week, I think, yeah, right? But it's, um, I, I think we're still patting ourselves on the back, like, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're not sick of each other yet. Yeah. <laughs> right, so far we're still so that's yeah. A good yeah, Brett. Brett and I have a similar. Uh, well, Brett said something similarly to me. I think after I spent, was it when I came to Denver? Yeah, yeah. We spent like a week together in Denver, and we just wanted to be together more. When we first started dating, yeah. And Brett said the same thing. He's like, "Wow, I've never actually like spent this much time with somebody and still wanted to like be with them." <laughs> yeah, it's a good <laughs> so sign. It's a telltale sign of good things. But to come. seven weeks is a long time, so. <laughs> <laughs> the person who's listening who asked for this advice i think yeah. if you're worrying about whether or not you're gonna get bored i think that means that you care but also like you can't worry about it like you're just it's natural to go through these moments where we're going to be bored um it's probably a good thing that you're concerned but you're always going to want to mix things up always yeah yeah yeah, you guys gave great answers. Those are Thank great. You. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, if you guys, if uh, if our listeners want relationship and dating advice from our completely unqualified selves and our guests, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Broadway Husbands or email us at broadwayhusbands.com and we just might choose your question on the next episode. Kyle and Andrew, thank you so much for yes. being guests on Thank you, podcast. thank you, thank you. Thank you for being guests and just thank you for being you and being out in the world and being seen because... You've just by being you have made a difference, at least in my life, and I'm sure many, many, many other people. So thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys are a great couple too. And you you can tell in a couple like how in love they are, and you guys have it just to watch you guys. It's obvious. Um, Thank you. We can't wait to see you guys once all this is over in the real world. (laughs) Maybe a time for our Halloween party. Yes. Yeah, I yes, hope that, things, would be a- that would be nice if things were better by Halloween. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> all right. So uh, to all of our listeners, don't forget to love who you love. And love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.